Oh, hello there. What's up, people? How you doing? Wait a minute. You know what that means. If you're seeing my face and you're seeing this face, that means we live, baby. So uh, y'all know what time it is. DJ, cue it up. <laughs> yeah, highlight. Don't forget the real though. Yeah, yeah. I bet you won't turn me up. What's that you bumping? It ain't vibing hard enough. Hey, no. Check my playlist, guaranteed you ain't hit up. From the indies to the mainstream, bringing that stuff. Music talks, Fred Wayne, what you mean? Run it up. Run it, run it. Pass that ox. Pass that Yeah, it's embarrassing. Up in the Ford, I feel like I'm Harrison. Stop on the fast track. Mighty and morphing my name's Zach. Feel like a gentleman, top of my class. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, what's going on? It's your boy. Y'all already know what it is, man. Your favorite neighborhood mediator slash podcast host. Your boy Dwayne in the building. And of course, I am joined by my oh so lovely co-host, tag team partner, you know, extraordinary herself, you already know her as the Queen of Clatchets and Miss Bougie Thuggin' herself, Janine. What's up, girl? How you doing? Hola, buenos dias. Hello, everybody. <laughs> ah, muy bien, gracias. Hasta oh. bueno esta noche. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. The Spanish skills is really good. Really good. Yes. Muy practica. Uh, no, but, uh, yo, ladies and gentlemen, uh, first off, before we introduce our guest, uh, Queen Neen, how you been doing? This is, how's the week going? Week's going well. Um, I'm trying to prepare for my birthday. I'm a procrastinator, so I think I can get fit in 30 days. I can do it in my mind. I can. Oh, so, can we? <laughs> we even doing a couple of boot camps, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's been a struggle. Okay, okay. <laughs> But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been seeing them stories. I've been seeing you in there getting it in, you know, I'm just kind of working up that sweat, you know. Uh, so if y'all don't already know, make sure y'all follow, definitely follow my co-host, man. She's always got something exciting to show y'all in her world of stories on Instagram. And of course, again, as she just said, this is her journey into getting ready for the big three. Oh, you're getting there, Kazo. Getting ready club. You know, <laughs> special elite club, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, definitely, hey, it can happen, you know what I mean? And uh, we got to get ready because it's the queen's birthday is coming up, so you already know a special pastor ox turn up is coming for you guys. So, uh, you might want to stay tuned because you never know how we celebrate that thing right here on Pastor Ox. But now that we, uh, you know, got our cool introductions out of the way, you know what I mean. Uh, we're here to introduce a guest from this evening. You know, some of you guys, I don't know if you're a fan of a certain show by the name of Fans. See what I did there, people. Uh, you know, maybe, wordsmith. just maybe, wordsmith, you know, it comes so naturally. But guys, we have a special guest in the house who was actually able to step in at the very last minute, need our mind, uh, and come in and rep an individual by the name of Chris Brown in a fans battle that took place on last month. So, uh, you know, if you haven't had a chance to check that battle out, by all means, go back and check it out. It is on the OTS Guys YouTube page, all right? So this man is a very 
dope gentleman, a dope brother of mine from way, way, way back. You know what I mean? This man is a phenomenal artiste, a phenomenal producer, and uh, an all-around great guy who's always full of smiles, joys, and you already know, he's, you know, anime lover, you name it. I mean, just this guy is literally full of all things, and most important, he is definitely a man of God in ways that you will never imagine when it comes to spirituality and keeping you in positive beliefs. But ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome to you guys to the floor, none other than the one and the only spectacular Spec to Dope. What's up, Spec? What's going on, man? That intro was phenomenal, man. I appreciate it. Hey, man, you know how we do a lot of times on this show. Anytime we got somebody coming on the show, we got to give them a real dope introduction. You know what I mean? Because that's, that's what it's all a part of, you know? Welcome to the show, though. Welcome to be a part of the family and the vibes on tonight, sir. How are you feeling? Man, I'm feeling real good, bro. Like, um, I feel embraced almost, bro. That was that was real warm. That was heartfelt. You feel me? Oh, For yeah. sure, embraced. Come on, come yeah. on. Let them yeah. know, Janine. I mean, Janine, tell them how we do on this thing. You know, when it comes to our guests, we bring on. Tell them how we do. It's yeah, all yeah. love. It's a safe space. Um, <laughs> we're gonna hype it if. If there's one thing about Dwayne, he's gonna hype you up. Like he's the best hype man. He can sell you to anybody. It's amazing. Oh, oh, stop, stop. Listen, oh, listen. I feel like you're selling yourself a little short over there, ma'am, because you know you can do the exact same thing in so many other ways. So listen, I can't make this possible without this dope co-host right here, ladies and gentlemen. So allow me and allow us to uh get on into this thing you know uh we have a segment the people already know what time it is y'all know what we do and how we do it so uh montel style baby let's uh open the floor up and uh tell the people what's been in your ears i've y'all know i'm all over the place when it comes to what i'm listening to but i was introduced to an artist um who just came up on a playlist randomly and he was like super soulful. It kind of gave me old school vibes. And I realized that he's a white chocolate man. And I was not expecting mm. that. <laughs> and I, oh my gosh, I took a screenshot. Okay. Uh, Mac Ayers. Have y'all ever heard of him? Mac, last name A Y R E S. And um, mm. the song is called Jumping Off the Moon. So if you haven't heard it, check it out. I want to listen to more of his music but that one song i was like let me add him to the library and i'm gonna check him out a little bit more i was okay. listening to him um i've listened to a lot of nipsey um hey nipsey yeah. love nip um i don't get stressed or no i don't stress there's a song that i played on replay i was like i don't know why this is speaking to my soul right now but hey the weight on the the weight on my shoulders makes me great and I was like I'm gonna just keep saying that and just keep it pushing and um I listened to Scary Hours 2 by Drake yes y'all listen to that project yes fire what'd you think of it name what'd you think of it I don't know when or if Drake is ever going to not be hot bro like every time he drops it's fire he 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 knows what to do to um 
stay right on trend, but it's Drake, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Um, We're definitely going to get into that a little more at some point for sure. Uh, It's good to see because there's a certain song from that very, very many taste of Drake that uh, people have been talking about all week. So definitely would love to get some thoughts and opinions on that particular track. Um, But Derek, sir, how about you, my friend? What have you been vibing to this week? Who's been in your ears throughout this week, my friend? Well, I've been doing a lot of cooking and cleaning. So, you know, whenever I get into that bag, I like to go into my old bag. So I was on some ice cube, no Vaseline. I was Mm. on some some Snoop Dogg, some old Snoop Dogg. Yeah, I was on all of that. Yeah, okay, okay. I feel it. I love it, man. I love it. Always good to go into the classic bag, you know what I'm saying? Especially on the West Coast a little bit. Um, Lord knows I've actually kind of been on the West Coast and myself uh, because I found myself listening to the game, you know what I'm saying? Going back and uh, checking out a lot of his catalog, you know what I mean? And, um, catching up on some things. Also found myself vibing to quite a few uh, white soulful like artists, if you will, uh, Janine, you know, like a little Charlie Puth, you know what I'm saying? Uh, a little bit of, uh, you know, a little John Mayer in there. And I've also uh, throwing my guy Robin Thicke a little bit, you know, kind of had him jamming randomly for a little bit too, you know what I'm saying? So it was kind of like, all right, you know, I mean, a lot of people forget about Robin a little bit, you know what I mean? Brother was, was definitely doing his thing now. I don't know where he been since him and old girl, you know, kind of, you know, went their separate ways, but, you know, <laughs> you know, my boy Robin Thicke had the juice. I don't know if when he just left him and Paula Patton, I don't know when they just kind of went their separate ways. I don't know. Maybe he left, lost the juice or something. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> from the times of when he was in that bag, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was kind of nice to revisit some of them songs and all that good stuff, but, uh, yeah, man, you know, been vibing to a little bit of that and um, been jamming to the soul soundtrack as well, man, you know, in my jazz bag a little bit, you know, I really, really liked uh, how, you know, awesome Disney movie for sure. And the soundtrack is just as awesome as the movie, uh, you know, but you got to be a real appreciator of jazz to really get into it, you know what I mean? Like, if you really love jazz, then you're going to love that soul soundtrack. And uh, yeah, man, just been killing it through like that, you know, just kind of a real smooth week you know what i mean but uh <laughs> that about sums that up for sure so let's go ahead and uh see if uh my co-host here knows of anything exciting that happened entertainment wise within this week has anything significant happened this week Kazo? yeah i don't know if this is exciting as much as it is like damn another one but you know all-star weekend was here in atlanta this weekend so like a lot of artists Mm -hmm. came out to perform at different events Mm -hmm. and a um texas rapper came out uh chucky trill Mm -hmm. and ended up getting into a shootout type of situation on 85 jimmy carter which is right down the street and uh passed away unfortunately man And that makes me think of like, we hear a lot of how these out out of town rappers come to Atlanta and like drama happens or or they get shot or or they get killed. I'm wondering, is it Atlanta or is it the bullshit that outsiders are bringing into 
the city right, that's causing right. this dra- drama? Right. Mm. That's a good question, you know, because um, we actually, I believe, talked about this a little bit in last week's news with the uh, shootout that happened with Roddy Rich and all of them um, during a video shoot. So lately, you know, it seems quiet. You wouldn't think, you know, again, with this pandemic and everything like that, you wouldn't think a lot of the things in the streets were happening as much. Uh, but yeah, apparently not, you know, like these beefs are, are still out here and there's a lot of people who are uh really doing some things so it's uh it's very interesting to see and i I really am curious to know why uh you know why now you know to have all this thing you know is the pandemic making everybody just go even more bananas or is it just too much flexing for the gram you know what what do you think definitely too much flexing we were just talking about secret negro meetings earlier (laughs) <laughs> and I just feel like everybody wants to be heard and seen and you're just doing too much so like I feel like whatever energy you put out is the energy you're going to get back I think I feel like Atlanta is one of those cities where whatever you come here looking for you're going to get so mm-hmm. if you're coming here to be on some rah-rah type shit you're going to get that but if you're coming down here to have a good time and vibe out you're going to get that too man i'm telling you it's you gotta you gotta love that though i mean um it's it's interesting but yet uh one of those things that we're gonna just wonder about you know like uh again beef just never seems to die uh in terms of the streets and you know people we just gotta be careful get careful with uh who you hang around who's your click uh you know what type of flex are you doing on the ground? You know, uh, Speck, you got anything to add on top of that of what you see uh, with these rappers and how they just... Uh... Not really add. I guess my question will be, and I guess this is a question for myself as well, is like, you know, when you say it's too much flexing on the ground, to, to what degree do we expect the artists to shine opposed to being modest and... Mm. To what degree does it make it safe and unsafe? Because for me, as a creator, when I think of, you know, the way that I want to do things and the image that I want to uphold, of course, I want it to be um, a little bit flashy and creative, you know, just the things that that you see that the, the normal artists do and things of that nature. But at the same time, these are the same things that's causing them to be attacked and assassinated. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, just, it's kind of a question mark on like how much of this and how much of that, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think when I think flexing, I'm more so like, of course, like, okay, I've worked hard, so I want to share my successes. Like, that's one thing. But my flexing is more of like, you have beef with somebody, you or your crew may have acted upon saying yeah, yeah. Now you're wanting to talk about it and broadcast it. So now, not only are you telling on yourself, but the Mm -hmm. other party involved now feels like, oh, they're trying me because they're talking about it. So now I have to retaliate even harder. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, now you're more. Of course. One upsmanship, man. You gotta, you got. Come on, peoples, you know, but I get it. You know, one thing about rap is uh, when they say it's a young man's game, you know, a lot of times 
get young-minded and stuff like this happens. Uh, so uh, stay safe, y'all. Stay safe, literally. Not just because of the pandemic, but stay safe in uh, what you're doing in the streets. You know what I mean? Uh, in the streets, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> Young black man, we can't, be, we can't be going through this all the time. You know what I mean? But uh, in other words, in other news, ladies and gentlemen, um, Chris Brown calls out Quavo and Jack Harlow after they won their basketball tournament. Ladies and gentlemen, mm. you know, uh, All-Star Weekend in Atlanta, you know, uh, it's that time of year. Uh, you know, it's a little different this year with how they did things, but you know, normally you have the celebrity basketball game where, you know, celebs come out and do their thing. And everyone's no stranger to the fact that Quavo was a, a hoop artist. You know, you've seen him in the celebrity games in the past couple of years, pre-pandemic, of course. Uh, and Chris Brown, Breezy, you already know, uh, another, you know, athletic individual who also in his own right, you know, got a little game on him, you know, and uh, Jack Harlow is probably the most surprising out of all of these in terms of uh, how much game he's got. Uh, but um, <laughs> but uh, shortly after Quavo and Jack earned the W, uh, Chris Brown weighed in on his Instagram story implying, and this is compliments uh, referenced by XXL Magazine, shout out to them as the source. Um, they implied the duo didn't want any smoke with him on the basketball court. They know who not to ask for that two-on-two basketball Chris posted. I would have cooked Quavo and Jack on the court. On my soul. Guess they wanted a smoke-free zone. <laughs> and so Quavo responded, look, as my as my host, there she go. Look, she just sips the tea on that. Well, not on purpose, I promise. That was, just, that was a coincidence. <laughs> Total coincidence, people. It wasn't even intentional. Uh, Quavo, on the 2018 NBA All-Star Celebrity Game MVP, he got wind of Chris Brown's taunt and didn't back down. He said, and I quote, Chris Brown ain't cooking nothing. The Migos rapper posted on his IG story, call next, and nigga, you know. Oh, oh, I see. Quavo is not There's one afraid. thing about Chris Brown, man. He gonna... <laughs> he gonna call out some shit. <laughs> oh, and, and you know what's funny? Because right as soon as he said that, Chris Brown was quick to respond to Quavo and yes. said, it ain't no next. I'm on now. Set it up, little nigga. <laughs> <laughs> and he posted on top of that, you know this work different. Me and Austin McBroom versus the little boys. <laughs> so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, I kid you not. Uh, we have a basketball war on our hands in the midst of Quavo versus Chris Brown. So uh, NBA, NBA Street, and one, mm. somebody, anybody, <laughs> televise this because based off the trash talk and promotional alone, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. I think you have a one-on-one -on -one or two versus two game of a lifetime amongst two celebrities. Don't know if we'll see a future feature between these two anytime soon. Then again, hey, it's competitive, competitive it's testosterone at its finest. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a little friendly competition. Who knows, right? Uh, care to weigh in on any of this, guys? How y'all feeling about this uh, friendly, competitive trash talk between I two? I like it. You like it? Love it? I like it. That's, that's, um, that's, that's why I play spades. The the my goal is to shit talk the entire space game. It's fun. It's just a part of the game. I agree. 
I totally agree. Spades is a very, very phenomenal uh, game. I remember I sucked at it completely. But you know, when you play with certain people, they make you they great. Teach you some things, yeah. They don't teach you some things. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's some good friendly competition? So shout out to Quavo. Shout out to Chris Brown. You know, you just never know who and what you're going to see, especially around this time of year of All-Star Weekend. Uh, so uh, also one quick thing to also add we have a certain uh, rapper who made his, uh, I believe, his on-screen debut of some sorts, or cameo even, if you will, a uh, certain uh, boss-like rapper by the name of Rick Ross. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. Coming to America 2 was released on Amazon Prime Video. Uh, a lot of people have been talking about it, giving their thoughts and opinions on how they feel about the long-awaited sequel uh, to a very classic original movie. And we saw Mr. Rick Ross himself cameo in this movie. So uh, I must ask, guys, what did you think of uh, Mr. Ross's uh, debut of some sorts on the screen? How did you like it? Do you want to see more of him? Or how did that feel to you? I don't know. I think I th I think I'm cool with um the cameo. Like I I don't know if I expect to see Rick Ross have like a full monologue or like a or like a dramatic <laughs> role, but I think coming to America too as a whole, I think people went into it with very high expectations because of what the first one is, and it's a classic. And sometimes you don't want to feel like a sequel is cheesy. It was cheesy a, a little bit, but it was good to me. It was nice seeing everybody get back together and like the different cameos. And sometimes I think a all-star or a star-studded cast can seem a little forced, but they did a good job. I really enjoyed Indeed. it. Indeed. Speck, you got anything to add to that, my brother? Unfortunately, I have not seen the movie yet. Ooh, so, no, bro, I was trying to get the free trial and then try to see the movie, but it didn't work out like that. So I'm just gonna go ahead and pay my money. <laughs> wow, listen, I, I I totally understand, my brother. Listen, there is no need, you know, all good, you know what I mean. But it was cool to, you know, kind of be like, oh, looky, looky, look who it is, Mr. Ricky Rose. You know what I mean? Uh, and he did a good African accent. Shout out to him with the accent coach. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who knew? You know, I heard who knew? It, was, it was shot inside of um inside of his estate, though. Mm -hmm. Hey, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's, that's, that's the biggest cameo right there. Like, right. one of the biggest movies in America, or in general, in the world, is shot inside of your... That's going to live forever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's what it's all about, right? You know what I'm saying? Uh, forever young to the sundown, you know what I mean? So uh, we'll get into that one. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, shameless plug at a spec two dope original saying. Uh, we'll get more into right. that a little later. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. Um, so that about wraps up our entertainment portion of this right here. And uh, I, have a, I, I have something I want to add. So um, a couple of things. Did we talk about, speaking of like rappers transitioning into other like things and sports, did we ever talk about Bow Wow wanting to do wrestling? Oh, you know what? I'm so glad you brought that up. Let's actually talk about that for a second, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for reminding me. Not only is Bow Wow, 
not only is Bow Wow the conversation of the wrestling community, but ladies and gentlemen, there's one by the name of Soldier Boy as well, who is in a confrontation with a lot of pro wrestlers. Ladies and gentlemen, so it's it's a long list. So let's just start with Bow Wow here, okay? So uh, lately, uh, Bow Wow decided to post that he was working on an album. And once he finished this final album, this last album, he wanted to resume his career onto other things. He wanted to try out other things. And one of those other things was that he said he wanted to be in the WWE. He wanted to, he was his dream to be in the WWE. He's always wanted to try to step in the ring. And he also said me and Rey Mysterio versus whoever, for the WWE Tag Team Championships. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, now, it, it is legit to a degree because when Bow Wow was Lil Bow Wow, you know, he was pretty frequently at a lot of the WWF events in the uh, golden era that everybody may, knows on a mainstream level. Now, uh, Bow Wow then somehow went from tweeting all of these random tweets about the WWE to getting into disputes with different WWE superstars because WWE superstars these days use the Twitter platform to kind of get creative with promos. You know, sometimes it's legit and sometimes it's just for, you know, television, if you will, you know, just to kind of expand the character a little bit, right? Now... (laughs) Bow Wow has managed to blur the lines because it's come to a point where some of these wrestlers were playfully getting with them to where other wrestlers, both employed by WWE and those who were not employed by the WWE, maybe they were just, you know, independent wrestlers or wrestlers with other promotions who were going back and forth with Bow Wow in a Twitter war to where Bow Wow was just saying things such as, you know, if you never main evented or if you never had a wwe diva or if you never did this or that don't talk to me bro or hey man you're you got you got you know wwe got this amount of followers and you work for wwe and i got more followers than you how is that possible you know just tweeting random things like that so now he's stirring up things and uh as a person who is a wrestling fan i'm here to let you guys know that the wrestling fans are a lot like Oh boy, let's see. They're a lot like oh boy. They're a lot like the beehive. There we go. They're a lot like the beehive. You know how the beehive will attack a whole set of people who try to come at Beyonce. That's wrestling fans when it comes to the WWE. Okay, so anytime you try to enter their world, they they're quick to get some type of way to defend. You know, and so somehow Bow Wow gets back and forth with all these people, and then out of nowhere, I guess his buddy. Soldier Boy decides to get into this. Soldier Boy, so Soldier Boy, um, wow. I mean, that that right there is just in its own right. Just uh, yeah, it, it's 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 uh, it's it's a little weird. But Soldier Boy found himself uh, tweeting uh, to pro wrestlers and found himself getting into it uh, with pro wrestlers quite often where one in particular is a current WWE star and legend and Randy Orton, ladies and gentlemen, where they go back and forth. And Randy Orton actually calls him a bitch 
ass. Which, no way. you know, let's Randy settle Orton the car soldier. at this yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, Man. you know, that's been the joke of, of the matter so far. Uh, now, Bow Wow, ladies and gentlemen, uh, tweeted uh, before this war that Soldier Boy jumped in. Bow Wow actually says that he's currently training with WWE legend Rikishi, currently in California, I believe. So, <laughs> so as you can see, as you can see, he's training with WWE superstar Rikishi. If you're not a WWE fan, ladies and gentlemen, I just I recommend you go look up Rikishi. Okay, that is look up look up Rikishi and 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 then you tell me. That's the man that's training Bow Wow, okay? Uh, which, again, there's no no disrespect to Rikishi because Rikishi is a phenomenal talent, a man of his size. He comes from an amazing family, a family that is also tied into what Dwayne The Rock Johnson is a part of. So the Samoan dynasty is, is rich, okay? Very athletic people for their size. Trust me, don't let the size fool you. But what Rikishi's most commercially known for if you look him up and you're not a uh, casual WWE fan, just look How up do you Rikishi. Spell it? Uh, Rikishi, R I K I. Yeah, there you go. R I K I S H I. And when you look up Rikishi, yeah, look, there you go. You look up Rikishi and you see he's a very large man and he has a lot of backside. And uh, yeah. well, let's just say that backside has made him very, very famous over the years. So Bow uh, Wow will be getting trained by that large individual right there. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, if we see this man actually step foot into the uh, squared circle, if you will. Uh, to those who don't already know, we've seen the likes of Kevin Federline, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, just made his debut into the professional wrestling ring and did actually quite phenomenal. Snoop Dogg has stepped into the ring and he's done probably one of the most God awful frog splashes you could ever do to man. Uh, you've seen the likes of uh, goodness. I mean, so many people have uh, MGK to a degree kind of stepped into the ring. Not really. He was power bombed off a of stage, but you know, mm. kind of knows how that feels. Uh, you know, so mm -hmm. it's nothing new. You know, a, a lot of people have done this before. So Soldier Boy uh, insulted a lot of wrestling fans. He's called it fake and things of that nature. But unfortunately, the biggest mistake amongst wrestling fans is that they allowed this guy to come back into relevancy because Soldier Boy kind of just trolled. And he's gonna do that. He's yeah. gonna do that. He's gonna do that. I have a question. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know wrestling. I'm not a wrestling fan, so I'm not familiar with, with the community. Mm -hmm. You you spoke about the WWE or the WWF, like the golden age, right? Mm -hmm. So as of right now, do you feel like like the scene is still high, or are you, or as a wrestling fan, are you more so holding on to the nostalgia of the of the golden age? Uh, it's a it's a good question. You know, um, when I say golden age, see, wrestling had its uh, rock star state. You know, in the right. '90s and to some degree mid 2000s, it was at its peak, and it was one of those things where everybody and their mama watched it. Even if you weren't the most hardcore wrestling fan, you knew somebody or you had a group of friends who were highly into it. And over time, it just died down because. Uh, it got 
old, either you outgrew it or it just wasn't really funny anymore after a certain point in time. And you have people like myself who have stuck with it over the years because you're still just a legit fan. But uh, when I say golden age, of course, it just it was star studded. You know, today it's not as star studded, uh, mainly because of the management. But again, that's a whole different conversation, ladies and gentlemen, because this is past Ox. You know, that that's something you can check out on Life's a Botch if you want to get more detail on that. But uh, to answer my co-host's question, yes, it was one of those things where it's not what it used to be, of course, by a long shot. But, you know, it seems that the WWE, especially in this pandemic era with no fans, things like using Soldier Boy, using Bow Wow, using Bad Bunny, uh, you know, all of these people who are, you know, apparently Cardi B as well. I forgot to mention her because she somehow even got into the mix of some stuff with one of the female talents at one point. Uh, now, that female talent she got into it with is currently pregnant, legitimately now. So don't really know if they're going to try to go that route anymore. But who knows? Don't be surprised if you see Cardi B step foot into a WWE ring. At this. It seems like a lot of celebrities are finding their way there, and, and mostly because there's no scoring right now. So they have a lot of time. I mean, Bad Bunny has been on television there for the past month now, almost. And it looks like going into WrestleMania, which is their biggest show of the year, most likely Bad Bunny's going to step into the ring and probably actually wrestle somewhat, uh, you know, maybe do a spot or two. So it's it's one of those things, man. You know, it's, 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 it's interesting to see. Uh, but, you know, they seem desperate for ratings, so... Who brings ratings? Guys like Bow Wow, guys like Soldier Boy. You know, when you're finding out, like, you know, even if you're not a wrestling fan, just to know, like, this fool's going to step into a ring, you pay, you want to see him get his butt whooped, right? So it's 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 one of those things, man. You'll see what happens. Uh, but WWE's no stranger to celebs in wrestling. It's happened for years, and it's going to continually happen going forth. So... We'll see how that goes, but uh, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Cuzzo, because I almost forgot about that more so because of the Soldier Boy beef as of late. <laughs> so, Soldier Boy, uh, man, talk about a guy hiding from fake game systems, and now all of a sudden you mm. want to beef a wrestler. So it's, it's it's very interesting how uh, people will do what they need to do to uh, get relevance again all of a sudden. Or, or, you know, put some faces in the spotlight. So, I, I don't know, but <laughs> that might, I don't know, who knows, ladies and gentlemen. But it, it, again, feel free to check out Past the Ox. I'll give you all the details even more on that. This is a music show, of course. Uh, so, I hope I didn't talk you guys' ear off with that knowledge. But, uh, yeah, shout out to Bow Wow and Soldier Boy, I guess. They, they, for whatever reason, having Twitter wars with wrestlers right now. So, uh have fun with that. But uh, <laughs> um, I guess if we moved on for sure from here, um, I don't really have, normally I would give you guys a history segment, but uh, right now, no albums are celebrating any particular birthdays right now, uh, unless producer Derek has something that I didn't know about. Uh, but <laughs> we talk about for the history portion, um, I've been seeing, I guess there's a new Biggie doc on Netflix. Oh yeah, let's talk about that. Let's go ahead and uh, let's get into that. What, how how are your popular thoughts? Popular opinion. I think I'm cool. Like 
I just feel like with all due respect, like, like how, how many documentaries are we going to make about Pac and Biggie? Like if y'all aren't telling me that, that y'all have found the killer and like this person's going to jail, like let the, let them rest in peace. You know, you know, you know what I think it is. I think that is more so for, and I can't say that specifically because I haven't seen the documentary and you know the previews and that nature. But I think that if I was to redo a documentary on something like that, it would be for the new generation because we still got new artists and you know it's hard to like. Remember when we was in school and we had to watch like those real, real old documentaries and you could tell it was old. Yeah. You feel me? So I think it would be a lot more beneficial to make a new documentary to to modernize the information and the way that they put the information together. But if it's not that, then I'm with you. I'm with you. Mm. That makes sense. Mm. Totally, totally agreed. Uh, Spec, I like how you said that. I was actually going to probably touch on and say the same thing. Uh, you know, yeah. that's about all I can really say is that they probably had to do this for a modern day generation. You know, we see that with just about almost everything. I mean, look at how many movies then had remakes uh, over the years. Each movie is for each generation, right? Look at the Star Wars movies. You got the original 80s Star Wars lovers, you know, who were like, no that's the star wars that's the real star wars right and then you got the modern day ones that some people say aren't that good but to a generation growing up in today that didn't know about those they love these modern day star wars movies so it's it's one of those things where you know uh for a youngin uh in that moment if you hear so much about biggie you want to learn more about biggie you're going to check that doc out and you're going to say okay I want to know about this guy because I didn't come up in this era. And then, you know, eventually you'll probably check out some of the ones. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You know, uh, with Biggie and Tupac, I, I do agree also with what you say, Cuzzo. Like, how many more can you do? I mean, I guess for us, it's like, hey, we've seen this a million times. You got shows like Unsolved. Uh, you know, there's so many different lanes and methods you could take it to where you're like uh, after a while gotta run out right you know there's only right, so many right. different times you can retell <laughs> the are, story what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah. but um okay. i guess yeah you know if if you're one out there who hasn't already learned about biggie then it's definitely a watch it's definitely something to check out uh you know probably have to do a breakdown on it but again it's it's one of those things where we kind of already know uh, what we know about Biggie, what we know about Pac. So again, if it's not revealing the killer, at this point, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Well, just much. go watch one of the other 157 documentaries or shows that have been done about them. Exactly. Not to mention <laughs> the biopics, right? Because the biopics yeah. in their own right have already told us what we needed to know, <laughs> you know, on the mainstream level of things. So, you know, hey. Some did justice more than others, but uh, you know that's neither here nor there, right? right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, spec, sir, my I'm man, good, we are here <laughs> to bring you up, my friend. Um, tell the people about who Spec Too Dope is. 
where he comes from, what makes him who he is. Yes. Well, in so many words, um, Spec Too Dope is an artist. Um, this artist is from Louisiana. He is a producer. He is a rapper. He is an engineer. Um, he is a writer for others. And just an overall creative, gener- um, creative person in general, you know? I just love music. I love what I do. So that's really about it. It ain't too much to it. (laughs) Okay. Okay. What got you into wanting to create music? Like, where does your background of music come from? Got you. All right. So my dad was a DJ, right? Um, He was a DJ for a couple of radio stations out here in uh, Lake Charles. So you know, in a sense, I was kind of like always in the studio because if you've ever been to a radio station, that's a big studio. Um, my uncle, a couple of my uncles, actually, they were recording artists. The one that actually taught me was my mom's brother. He had Fruity Loops. He was a rapper. He was doing shows out here in Louisiana. I think he was opening up for like big artists like Pimp C and stuff like that. So, you know, just seeing that as a kid, I was always on my little piano, even at church, I was playing a drum type thing. So I was like, man, when I get old enough, I'm gonna figure out how to do it. And then, you know, once I got in high school, my uncle finally taught me how to make beats and it was over from then. Love it, love it. Okay, so so you've made quite an impact for sure over the years. Um, I know when we met, it was definitely one of those things, man, where you've had a lot of styles. You've migrated to a lot of different states and cities. Like, what uh, what caused a lot of migration and like your direction of basically creating, uh, you know, building these new friendships and 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 you know, being able to put yourself out there and learn the game of what it take took to become a rap artist. Like, what got you to that lane? Got you. So for um, for me, it was really hard in, in my city, in my state, um, music-wise, because out here is mostly workers. We don't have a lot of creative people or a lot of creative platforms. So I traveled a lot because I wanted to be able to, you know, reach those platforms and, and be able to market my music differently and things of that nature. I didn't feel like I would be able to achieve what I wanted to achieve in my city and state. So I moved around a lot. I went back and forth from Atlanta back to Louisiana, only coming back home because, you know, you you get homesick. I miss my family and my friends and things of that nature, but definitely love the city of Atlanta. Um, I had some of my greatest memories out there. My career really, really, really started and took off out there. So, yeah, I really felt like it was important to travel until, you know, of course, the pandemic changed everything. So now you can pretty much be the biggest artist wherever you want to be. So, Mm. Love it, man. Love it. Love it. Um, So let's let's take a trip down memory lane, my friend. Um, You and me, um, one of our first major collabs together was a song that you produced of course um by the name of christians in the building 
And right, right. a lot of people don't know that that was actually originally your song that right. you sent uh, over to me. And that was a, uh, a song that you wrote in a place where at a time you were incredibly, incredibly on fire for God at the time. You were really in a completely different place at that time. And right. what, what uh, looking back, uh, especially with how much you've grown and with what you've learned from a track like that, what uh, what are what are you some of the things that you admire most about a track like that? Um, the energy, man. I just remember the mindset towards everything. Like when when I was in that place, this is like when I first. Okay, so first and foremost, let's go back. I've always been in the church, right? I've been in church my whole life. I was born, like, not literally, like, pushed out, but, like, I was born in the church. Like, my family was always in the church. Every Sunday, you know, whenever they got the rehearsals and all of that, like, my stepmom, she played in the church. So we lived, slept in a church type thing. So always being there, of course, you're, you're in the presence of God. Now, going into college, becoming my own man, is when I started having my own walk, you know? I didn't have people taking me back and forth to church. I was walking to church. I was skateboarding to church. When I got my car, I was driving to church, you know? Like, I'm really seeking God out for myself. So right before I made that song, or maybe like a year or so before I made that song, is like when I really, really, really had like a face-to-face encounter with God. Mm. So, you know, it was... It was a whole different type of energy. Like, imagine knowing somebody, but like really getting to know them for the first time. Like, it was really, really exciting. So, I was definitely on fire. I was definitely like just in a different space in general. Like, that was kind of like one of the best moments of my life, honestly. Yeah. Love it. Love it, man. Love it. Um, and it's definitely, again, uh, great to see growth. Uh, that definitely was a classic song that uh, testified a lot, um, you know, and tell the people the inspiration behind Christians in the Building in terms of uh, letting people know, you know, uh, I wrote a song for the Christians in the studio. Yeah. I make a song for my Christians. You know, I put it on for my Christians, you know, like tell the people what made you uh, come up with that from that time. Well, I just felt like we needed an anthem, honestly. I felt like we needed something that we could dance to, that we can enjoy to, that we didn't like, you know, it just, it felt like club music, but it was what it was. It was worship, you know what I mean? And I I, I was adamant about having it. You know, I needed that for my spirit, for my soul specifically. So that I could walk around, I could skateboard or whatever the case may be to that. And, you know, it just, it felt good. It felt right. Yes. Spec the skateboarder. Uh, definitely. <laughs> glad you brought that up, sir. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, let's talk yeah. about that skateboard side, man. Yeah. Um, one of the many things that make up Spec and who he is. Uh, wh- where did the skateboarding come from? Like where, you know, most times people go in through a phase, uh, you mm-hmm. know, where they were like, oh yeah, you know, uh, 
you know, in the mid 2000s, you know, the Avril Lavigne and the Good Charlotte and, you know, my chemical romance days, you know what I'm saying? Like you find yourself skateboarding and trying to be a skateboard, you know, skater, you know, kick push Lupe Fiasco, you know, all those different songs that just made you feel like I want to skateboard. Like what got you into it and what got you to stick with it to this day? Yeah. So what happened was um, college college days i had uh came back to louisiana i was going to this college called suella for aviation um can you believe i was about to work on planes bro like real i was really about to i was gonna be fixing your plane and you'll be flying them us. but anyway um i i linked back up with a cousin of mine and i made him my protege because he had pretty loose at his house so i was like okay i'm gonna come through and i'm gonna teach you how to do these things and we was working every day and he pulled out a skateboard. Now, I'm from Louisiana, right? And this mm-hmm. is this is maybe like right around the time where Wayne like first started skateboarding type thing. So I'm from Louisiana. We ain't never seen nobody. I'm in the country, right? We in the, we got horses, cows, everything. So mm-hmm. I never seen nobody skateboard like a black guy ever, right? Mm-hmm. Dude hopped on the skateboard and I was like, man, that looks really, really fun. So let me try it. I was like, go ahead, teach me how to do it. He was like, I can't teach you. All you got to do is just hop on and it's going to happen. I hopped on. I fell a couple of times. And after that, man, I just, I fell in love with it. It was almost like a sense of peace, like some type of meditation type thing. You know, like when you go on a walk on a good day, it's definitely like that. It's definitely like that. I love it. I love it. Co-host, did you ever find yourself in a skateboard phase by any chance? Um, no, I like to wear vans, but that's about it. My 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 brother's a skateboarder. <laughs> I definitely I I can understand how it can be like it's exercise for one, but it is also something about the kick push and like feel feeling the wind and like the breeze. I can imagine it to be soothing almost. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a that's a real cool thing. Tell me, did you have you ever come up with cool songs while you skateboard? So I've come up with albums <laughs> while I skateboard. Actually, so um, nice. My series, I have the Land Yacht series. We got Land Yacht Sunset, Land Yacht Sunrise, and Land Yacht the Silver Edition. Now, if you don't know what a Land Yacht is, a Land Yacht is Super super long skateboard. It's pretty much like a snowboard, but it's a skateboard. Um, yeah, as I was riding one day, um, the idea came to me because I was riding in the sunset, actually. And I was like, hmm, I want something that represents me. What do I do all the time? You know, of course I make beats, but I don't want it to be like, okay, man, yeah. So I just designed the album off of that and i kind of wanted to make that the uh you know the theme music to all the skaters and things of that nature you know like i just i love what i do so i wanted to put the music around it absolutely bro i love it i love it man that's that's pretty cool you know to 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 see you know like true skateboarders who can come up with projects you know off of that yet longer yeah. actually you know get inspired while also relaxing and doing something that relaxes them in the process 
uh, next music. So that's always good to see. Um, now, let's get into fast forwarding to the evolution aspect to present day. And let's look at, you know, a lot of the singles, man. Um, so you and I definitely recently collabed again not too long ago and released a song entitled uh, Know What I'm Saying. And, yeah. you know, uh, it, it really showcased uh, more of your growth and, and being able to show today's vibe going from being super lyrical to being able to go with today's wave and vibe of, you know, vibing with a song while still kind of finding a way to be lyrical. Talk about your transition yeah. on how that evolved uh, over the years for you. Yeah, so I I think that that transition was kind of rough for me because, like you said, I am, like, I grew up on pure hip-hop. Like, when I say my dad was a DJ in Miami, in Louisiana, like, I grew up on Nas, DMX, Jay-Z, Scarface, like, real rappers, like, not, you know, auto-tune type stuff or no, you know, funny cadence just trying to sound cool on the beat type thing like real bars so mm -hmm. um one thing that i know as a producer is how to adapt and how to evolve because as a producer you are the leader but you do also have to follow you know um people want a certain type of style certain type of music and things of that nature so i always try to be on my toes and be able to adapt and you know meet people's needs so I really thought that it was it was important to kind of embrace the like the culture of the new wave of music and still try to be able to to bring the bars and be creative and witty as you rap. You know, that's like really important to like the period. So I want to make sure I touched all bases. Speaking of touching all bases, you kind of come as a package deal. You produce and like you engineer. You also an artist so like yeah which role do you feel like is harder to penetrate the industry with to penetrate the in oh yeah or maybe so, not penetrate but like to be introduced into the industry right so i think it is harder for spectre producers only because it's the vision that i have for spectre producers like when I think of Spectre producer, I think of him as as a Timberland, you know what I mean? Like as a as a Metro booming, as like you know the biggest artist ever. But the thing about these artists is they're big because of the records that they made with other artists. What I did for Spectre producer is I wanted to make him his own artist, but as a producer, if you get what I'm saying almost like how can i say it? almost like dj khaled but you know not on on a on a level to where i'm like speaking over other records like this is all production because each each one of the albums like the land yacht series is all beats there's no lyrics my songs that i rap on they're on the side they're singles but i wanted to make sure that i put the producer up first because, you know, you never really see too many superstar producers at, at this time. You know what I mean? Like, 
the one that I can really, really think of the way that's kind of the one that's kind of doing it the way that I'm thinking about doing it is Metro. But Metro Boomin still isn't doing it exactly the way that I'm thinking about doing it because he's still doing it with other artists, like building albums with other artists. Spec Too Dope mm-hmm. is just, that's just straight production, just straight beats, but it's my album type thing. Mm-hmm. And that's really different, you know? That's a whole, that's, I'm not going to say that's a whole new market because there's other artists that do it, but that market isn't as known as you know if you was just a hip-hop artist and you was presenting a full song it's a lot more difficult to just present just a beat if you get what i'm saying for sure love it yeah now Mm -hmm. you you also mentioned uh now that you mentioned the the separate projects let's talk about Mm -hmm. some of those singles man um speak for myself yeah. Tell the people what that song was about. What inspired Speak for Myself? Um, because I just feel like I am still, you know, a man of faith. First and foremost, I am still a man of faith. So whenever I do rap, of course, I give you personal experiences and everything isn't, you know, God this and God that, unfortunately, because I do fall short. But yeah. I feel like as a man of faith, I still require that. And a lot of people can't speak for me because they don't require that in their music. You know, that's not that's not part of their standard. Their standard is selling what sells. And I got a higher standard than that. So I got to speak for myself. Mm. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it, man. Um, the artwork for sure signifies a lot about that as well man so that's definitely something that makes people definitely on first sight want to check that out now let's talk about your collab and you collabed with s1k so how did this partnership form like how did that come about all right so this one is actually um it's a weird story so (laughs) he is not usually the type of artist that I would try to work with because I do work with a lot of secular artists but I try my best not to work with like super gangster rappers type thing you feel me just because of my own personal image and like what I'm trying to uphold but this is actually my sister's um boyfriend going to be fiance hopefully type thing but I was like okay (laughs) right (laughs) so I was like all right bro you make music so I want to make sure that if you do it, then we're going to do it to the highest degree type thing. Mm-hmm. So when I got there, we started working together and, um, you know, we just vibed. He taught me a lot of things and I taught him a lot of things as well. So I just, I like working with him. I like his mindset. I like his growth, even though he is a gangster rapper, like he is a family man. He's about music for sure. And, you know, I think he's definitely getting on a different track. So I want to make sure that, I was a part of that path for him. You know what I mean? And then sometimes we're the only guy that people get to see. So working with him was definitely like, that was a God thing for sure. And you also um, produced a lot of the work that you did with him as well, correct? Yeah. So um, the single that we just put out, I did not produce everything. Um, mm-hmm. Shania produced that. There's a song called Speck on the Beat. I produced that. It's another song that we had dropped called uh, uh, 
Oh, man, see, now you about to make me go through the list, bro. I'll be having so much music. I'll be <laughs> but I'm on here right now. You feel me? But I've definitely produced Spec on the beat. We had another song that we had dropped. I'm trying to remember. I don't know, bro. I I, I dropped a lot of stuff on, bro. But Love most it. of the uh, songs that we do, I do um, end up not only producing, but engineering as well. Love it. Love it. Definitely. What is the difference between engineering and uh, producing? Yeah, so engineering um, is the guy who actually records the song, um, kind of gives it like a basic mix if he has that knowledge. And then a producer is the person who actually makes the beat. Love it, love it. Taking notes, got it. Taking notes, there you go. Excellent question, Kozo, because you know a lot of times people do try to put those as one and one. A lot of times, uh, not knowing there is a clear cut difference for sure. Um, and a lot of people don't know, even with a producer, uh, that even artists are producers, even when they don't make music, because they may know how they want a particular song to sound. So they build with their producer, making them a producer in a way, uh, in a much different light. You know, they may not be able to physically construct the beat, but they know in their head with the song that they have how they want it to sound, what they want to come out, what instruments they want in it, all those types of things, which makes them a producer in some sorts as well. So uh, always know that, kids. There's always many, many titles that you can list under your repertoire, you know, so it's pretty cool to expand. So so let's talk about the fact, uh, continuing with UNS1K, uh, in games hosted by the game, you guys yeah. managed to have a single, uh, be a part of that mixtape hosted by the one and only the game. So, how how did they come about? Um, what's what's been the hype behind that song ever since dropping it, man? Bro, it's it's so weird. Like, all right, so I was on Instagram one day and it was the middle of the night, and I got a text and I was like, "What's good, G? I see you working." And I'm just looking at the I'm looking at the phone. I'm like, all right, somebody's scanning me. This ain't the game. So I hit my mom's up. I hit my pops up in the morning. And I was like, yo, the game just hit me up. And he was like, you know, congratulate me on working. They was like, all right, cool. Just be careful. You know, it's a lot of stuff going on. It's tax season. I said, all right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I get another message. And he's like, Hey, bro, um, I got this project that we're doing. I want to put you down, blah, 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 this, that, and the third. We can work it out like this. I said, all right. Mm. He talking business now. So I make the call again. I'm like, mama, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think this was it. And she like, boy, the game ain't looking at blah, 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 blah. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. It's tax season. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I hit bro back up, and I'm like, Hey man, you gotta FaceTime me or something like that, bro. Man, people be scamming this then the third, like I I'm not with it. And he like, man, look, bro, I got a lot of stuff going on, blah, blah, blah. I can't do it right now. I ain't got the time like that, but this is for sure thing. So I said, All right, cool. I did the business and that this then the third and shoot, man, I got the link. Um, I got some new artwork done because we already had the song released. Um, but I had got some new artwork done because I wanted I wanted to have a first of all a different feel and just to be like a proper re-release if we was gonna do it with the game. You know, I wanted to be legit. 
But yeah, man, I got this link and I song on the album, like the reaction from my close fans, like my fans and family and stuff like that, man, it's it's been phenomenal, dog. Like I'm stealing off. Like I really try not to fan out about that, but like that was one of the biggest moves I made this year for sure. Love it, man. I love it. Uh, major congrats, first and yeah, foremost. Um, you know, and, and, and yeah. again, that's definitely, um, shout out to moms, because that's definitely some type of slogan of some sort. It's tax season. Hey, Remember put that. on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> they out here flexing. It's tax season. Right, it's tax season. You know, alone. Don't trust it. It's tax season. You know, just whatever you need. To, however you want to word it, my friend. Uh, that definitely yeah. fits. But, um, you know, what's next for Spec to Dope given this so major move? Um, not given, I'm not gonna say given this major move. I mean, of course, it's always gonna be music coming out. Um, I'm always working, I'm a creator. I just, I love creating, I love being ahead of the curve, having new vibes. So, you know, um, more singles, definitely a rap album this year. No cap, rap album this year. Highlight, me and you got to get together. I'm calling you out while we on this um call. <laughs> you got to be on the album. Ain't no way I'm putting out the album if you're not on it. Bro, I will shut the whole project down, I promise. For real. <laughs> but, um, but, um, yeah, really, what's next for Spec? I'm working on my, uh, on my TV show. Not actually a TV show, but an uh, anime. That's my focus. Yeah, the reason I'm working on that is to push the music to another platform. Like, um, I think I have a couple of songs that actually reach TV. I would have to go back through and uh, research that. But me and um, this girl, this singer, her name is Joy. We've been sending tracks out to um, get placements and stuff like that. But going through that process, it was just like, I can wait on another platform to pick my music the way that I was waiting on these rappers to pick my music. Or I can get some materials together, get some people together and, you know, we can create our own platform. So I took some time and I've been doing this raw. I've been doing this so raw. Like I've been drawing stick people and everything to like come up with the, you know, the dialogue and the sketches and everything, just trying to get it figured out and just bouncing ideas off of people and, I say maybe like three to five years down the line. That's my that's my goal. Drop the anime, release the music on a um on a different level on a different platform, and you know just dabble into a different market. Love it, brother. Love it. Um. So, what was the inspiration behind wanting to create an anime? Bro, I watch anime all the time. <laughs> For real, but because like even when I'm making um when I'm making my beats, actually, before I get into that, when you was asking me about the um the inspiration behind music, mm-hmm. so like you like you said you went back and you was um checking out the soundtracks to Soul and things of that nature. I've always been into um soundtracks like video games have soundtracks. I would go through that. Movies have soundtracks. I would go through that and sample those and flip those. So you know. I've been inspired by, like, especially Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z producer back in the day, I think his name was 
Bruce Falconer or something like that, but all his stuff, like I would listen to that as a kid. And then I would get on the piano, not knowing how to play the piano, but getting on the piano and like trying to play it or whatever, bro. But I've always been inspired by that. So I was like, okay, if I can take the inspiration and create music, why can't I take the inspiration and create a whole show? You know, like a lot of people going to reality TV and things of that nature. I didn't want to take that route. I wanted to do it different. Love it, brother. I love it. That is awesome. And to those who don't know, side note, this brother, um, who I should have mentioned in the intro, is also the genius and mastermind behind one of my uh, most popular EPs, uh, many would say, in Prayer Warriors. So if you uh, follow a lot of my music and you check out the Prayer Warrior EP, it's a nice little EP with the uh, colorful image of a nice little ninja with uh, in a prayer stance. You know, uh, you can't miss it. Nice cartoon. Uh, and it's also got one of the, uh, I guess you could say, the hit single of anime, speaking of anime, uh, which also was by this man right here. Kids, see how that's, that's what you call prolific, right? If I'm using the right words, like, bro, that's crazy. Like, that's super crazy. I didn't even think about it. Mm. See? You see? It just goes to show, man. Um, that's, look, look, exactly. That's how that goes. That's how that works. But um, for sure, brother, we're looking forward to a lot of the ventures that you have going on. And definitely uh, a lot in that entrepreneurial-like mind of yours, sir. You got a lot that is uh, in works, a lot that you're doing. I know we're definitely looking forward to checking out what you got coming out um, and definitely would love to have some of your music featured in our plugged in series uh, so that we can let the people know, you know, let them hear what is behind the name of spec, you know what I'm saying? So that they can actually check you out, check you out. Um, so be sure to submit that uh, for sure. So that people uh, can definitely listen on our sister show. Um, but um yeah, let's see, uh, Kazo, co-host, you have anything you would like to ask before we get ready to uh, wrap this thing on up and let our boy Spec uh, head out this evening? Yeah, so um, we couldn't have you on the show without us addressing the fans battle because that's who we, uh, our OTS audience was really introduced to you by. And um, a lot of people have had a lot to say, so we have to let you speak for yourself and how that battle went and because you you did break it down for us on post-production of how, or maybe even on the show, how you entered it from a producer standpoint and like you wanted to introduce us to some new things. How do you feel the battle went? Would you have done anything differently? So I went back and I watched that video a couple of times because I wanted to know what I did wrong and you know I want to be prepared for the next battle because believe me it's gonna be another one. Um I stand on I stand on the songs that I picked. I think if anything I would have played popping sure. I don't know why I didn't think about that song. But the songs that I picked I think they were great songs. Like even um when I went back and I listened to his hits I was just like now these songs hit a little bit harder. Like, of course, like initial shock value, I get it. But like as a producer and as a fan in general, because it's called fan, as a fan, those are songs that I'm a fan of. So I had to rock with those songs. Oh man, 
that that just goes so i see again what's respectful about um you and your 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 list selection for sure is that hey you chose to stick with it more than anything um not once did you consider an audible um until like maybe you know just one song later in the in the battle but for the most part you stood the test of time and you managed to you know give different perspectives of like you said uh what it's what it means to truly be a fan by sticking to songs that you felt were your personal favorite top 13 chris brown songs um so you really opened up a different door and a different perspective in this Mm. fans battle that uh yeah. definitely has a lot of people who step into the arena hint hint uh for future reference to consider a few things uh when oh stepping God. into the battle <laughs> you know so uh you know it's just a few things to uh, take into account there um when going into a, a fan's battle you know um understanding that there's you know more to an individual than just their hit potential most times so that being what said the fans gonna say Mm, yeah. What are the fans gonna say? That is a good question. It's T. Have y'all thought about who y'all um who y'all gonna use for your next battle? Like as far as the artist. So word on the street. Mm-hmm. Word on the Will street. Will Birdie has said that right. you know there's uh two iconic individuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one East Coast, one West Coast. Uh, you know that uh no longer are with us but you know definitely still mega influential and impactful uh stars one who of which we talked about a little earlier in the show uh you know word on the street is that they're the uh next up battle you know uh so stay tuned ladies and gentlemen uh because uh i think you might want to tune in for sure with uh, these two individual artists. I can't give it away if I haven't already because it has to be official. You know, we're very well close to it, but uh, when it's official, trust me when I say the rest of the world will definitely know. Uh, But there's a battle amongst battles that is yet to be announced that will happen at some point. And uh, when it does, just know one artist is gonna outdo the other very fittingly. Um, but <laughs> uh, you know, um, you already picked <laughs> Hey, well, you know, kind of have to a little bit, brother. You kind of have to, you know. Sometimes, you know, got to do the things. trash talk for it is for entertainment per- purposes. It gets you know, the people going. <laughs> gets the people going. You know, you got to you show your showmanships. You know, you know, flex your guns. You know, just a little bit. You know, just a little bit. Uh, you know, get your Conor McGregor on a little bit, but uh. Nonetheless, uh, people, um, again, we definitely have to thank Mr. Speck for sure uh, for stepping into the pass the ox stage, if you will, and uh, allowing us to pass the ox to him to share you into his world, you know, to show you what makes Speck too dope the entity that he is. And uh, by all means, please, Speck, tell the people where they can find you, follow you, and uh, Look up your music and stuff when they want to check out your beats and your music. Word. Yeah, so it's Spec 2 Dope on everything, on every single platform, if you want to hear the music. Um, even on PSN, just add an extra E to Spec 2 Dope, and I will kick your butt on Dragon Ball Z Fighters. 
Anything <laughs> else, don't even talk to me about it. Come on. I love it, brother. I love it. I love it. See, yeah. and that's the uh, that's a good aspect because uh, to those who don't know, he is also a gamer when you need him to be. So uh, <laughs> that is definitely something to check out for sure. Um, so uh, that being said, well, you guys already know what time it is. Um, well, without further ado, Queen, go ahead and lay the foundation. Uh, let the people know what's coming up. Let them know where they can find you. All that good stuff, you know, the usual um yeah you can find me on instagram at nina soul nina with two eyes soul is s-o-l um link link in bio i think that's so corny but links in bio <laughs> has everything in there <laughs> <laughs> gotta love it gotta love it and you already know man follow your boy uh on instagram at Dwayne diggy jr um you know on highlight life on twitter and of course more most importantly Make sure you follow OTS Guys um, on all platforms. OTS Guys on Twitter. OTS Guys on Instagram. And now, thanks to you guys who have been subscribing also faithfully to the YouTube, you can now officially follow us at youtube.com slash OTS Guys. Or you can just type on on the sidelines because of you guys continually subscribing. We're now the first to pop up on the list. So either way you put it, make sure you are following the channel. You can check out this awesome show. You can check out what did I think about this week. You can check out Plugged In. You can check out Realish. You can check out oh, so many fans battles. You know what I mean? You can check out so much that is coming, that is here uh a lot a lot a lot we can be heroes there the list goes on of how many amazing shows are right here under this ots media production roster so without further ado well i already know what time it is man this is where uh, the people get ready to just vibe out you know what i'm saying this is what we do what we do live how we live you know i'd like to thank you for joining us i know my co-host would like to thank you for joining us you know what I'm saying? Sipping the tea, smoking a hookah, letting you know more than Luca what time it is. So, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, we want to say peace, chicken grease, and well, the ox has officially been passed to you. So, until next time, baby, we are out.